0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're gonna be talking about what substances you are addicted to, the way that you act like your husband is addicted to sex. Um, And uh, before we get to that, because I'm sure everybody is saying, I'm not addicted to anything, but that bastard is addicted to sex, and I have proof he wants it all the time. Uh, But before we get to that, um, you know, logical conundrum, (laughs) then uh, please do subscribe because we have so many subscriber episodes and there's going to be one out uh, in two days because every two days an episode comes out and uh, about one or two out of the four that come out every four, every four episodes, every, what what am I saying here? So you got three that are unpaid and then one that's paid. Sometimes three that are unpaid and then two that are paid. So you really want to get all that info and you can only do that by subscribing but if that nine dollars is too expensive we do have the Facebook group as well where you could talk to plenty of people about these issues for only $4.99 a month and uh so those those are basically the two ways aside from obviously working with me or one of the people at my practice that you can get more than just the free content and more info more help more um you know just hanging out and learning all right. So what do I mean by addicted? So a lot of women act like the husband is a sex addict. Now, some dudes are sex addicts. I work with some guys who are sex addicts, right? It's pretty different than um what like Jane average woman thinks a sex addict is. So a sex addict is not a guy who wants to have sex. So, it's not a guy who wants to have sex any amount of times. Like I mean maybe like, you know, like 10 times a day, yeah, sure, okay, maybe that criterion by itself. But if he's a young guy, you know, I mean, it's not. What differentiates, so so it's, it's like this, like a Coke addict to cocaine is not somebody who likes Coke. It's just not. It's somebody who has a dependence on it and that Coke has disrupted their life in some way, does not allow them to show up at work uh, as a parent, as a provider, and they have levels of dependence on it. So even if it isn't physiological dependence, they could be like a, a, a binge, you know, like, like with drinking. You could be a binge drinker or a problem drinker, or you could be an alcoholic that's physiologically dependent and needs it every day. Both of those are bad. Both of those are super bad. So, like, I'm not going to quibble. You know, maybe your husband then has problematic sexual behaviors. That still, we'll talk about what those may be, but that still would not mean he's a sex addict. What a sex addict would be is a guy who will do anything for sex that using porn or trying to get sex or sleeping with um, escorts or trying to have sex with other people so cheating on you or or even trying to force you into having sex comprises this super huge part of the day most days that he is trying to cajole and coax and and even force and guilt trip you into having sex that he is a guy that says like if you kiss him and he gets hard then you need to have sex with him right now because otherwise that's not fair unless he's like 20 years old in which he should still be in therapy if he's 20 years old and he says that so should you though because you're probably not 20 years old and way older so you shouldn't be dating that guy um but but if a guy is using any sort of emotional or physical force, then he's obviously, whether it's a problematic sexual behavior or it's addiction, it's just very bad. Um, definitely should get into counseling ASAP if, if he's doing that. But here's what's not, and this is the majority of men that I see, uh, wanting sex. That is not sex addiction. Just like wanting to drink on a weekend would not be, or, or even wanting to drink. Every time you see a drink, you say, oh, that would, that would be nice. What the problem would be is if you're like, that would be nice and I have to get up for work tomorrow, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to have like five of those, you know, not like that would be nice. But I need to do that now and I'm going to do something that's very disruptive to my life and dysfunctional and is going to hurt me overall in the long term or my relationships with people and I need it and it's an escape for me and um, I can't live without it even in this moment. That is a problem, you know, whether it's an addiction physiologically or it's problematic behavior doesn't really matter. That's the problem. But now let's think about it, right? So a lot of women are saying, yeah, my husband's addicted to sex because he wants sex every day. Now, the older that I work with guys, the smarter they are, fewer and fewer of them say, I want sex every day. Because they're like, that's a very poor negotiation strategy. She's going to become overwhelmed. I think that's bullshit, by the way. I think that in a um, healthy relationship, you should be able to say what you want. Doesn't mean you're going to get it, but at least the person knows what they're working with. So I have talked about that on podcasts. So there's some women that are like, I don't know what his problem is. He says he would just want sex like once a week and we do it once a month. So like, you know, that's pretty good. And turns out he wants sex like three times a week, like most dudes, you know, at least and they're having sex once a month. That's very bad. That's not a good compromise, right? But all right, that's like another aside. So you should definitely be honest about what you want. So the person even knows how big of a... Sacrifice you're already making anyway, you know, the point is, so there's these women that that say this and then they don't think about the stuff that they need every day, like stuff that's an actual addiction. So there's people who are addicted to drinking wine every single night and like get really agitated if they don't have it. There's people who are addicted to coffee. I need to have coffee. Literally, I need to have coffee every day. There's people who have chocolate every single day. Now, on the realm where it's not addiction, but just a substance that you really get, you know, like into, there's people, most people, have special foods that they like and that are treats to them. A lot of people are pretty addicted to sugar of some sort, like a dessert or something at night, you know. And then these women use that to self-regulate. Or exercise, man, there's a lot of exercise addicts, truly, who have to do it every day or else they are basically in a horrible, irritable mood and it releases dopamine and it's one of the, quote, healthier addictions, so they don't see it as such, but it still is. Basically, anything where if you can't skip it for a day, it's going to be a problem for you and you become intolerable, it's pretty much an addiction, you know? But in, in in at least the way that we're saying it now, you know, in, in at least the way that you're not like, depend. well, you are dependent on caffeine. You're dependent if people vape, you get dependent on that, obviously. Uh, people do get dependent on sugar. So really, it's not too fine a point to say that it's pretty addictive. And so there actually are dependent on mood-altering substances. And of course, the myriad people that take SSRIs like Prozac, Zoloft, any sort of psychotropic medication, Truly, you do have to take that every day. No judgment, certainly. Anybody should use anything that helps them not be depressed or anxious, especially if you have kids and, you know, you want to live your life, 100%. But a woman who, let's say, uses Zoloft, a glass of wine at night, chocolate in the afternoon, coffee in the morning, coffee again at 11 a.m., has to make spin class every Saturday, will turn around and tell her husband, you should not need sex so much. It's not healthy that you use that, that you're irritable if you don't have sex. That's not normal. It's not normal. I think that means you're a sex addict. If you don't get laid every three to four days, you act like an asshole. And you know what? That is unnatural. And that is uh really honestly makes me uncomfortable. Today's big word. Uncomfortable means like Man, you're on thin ice. <laughs> Can't make anybody uncomfortable. So, and, and really have zero, zero self-awareness. So that's what this podcast is really about. It's like, if you, you know, like don't throw stones if you live in a glass house, whatever the hell that is, or a pot calling the kettle black, there's myriad, you know, cliches that apply. But if you are dependent on anything that releases dopamine, whether it's chocolate or exercise or calling your mother for the people lucky enough that that releases dopamine and not just cortisol, you know, then then fucking why is it different? Why is it different that he would want literally the activity that perpetuates our species that, of course, he's hardwired evolutionarily to want because he's a male mammal? Like, why? why is it better or more normal that you can't talk to anybody till you have your coffee, which no judgment, totally. I like to have my coffee too. Super. But then also not see that, of course, regular sexual activity would be a total mood regulator for him as well. You know, there's people who say like, I need my weekly massage and Judge a husband for wanting sex every week. That's like literally nuts, right? Because it's like pretty much the same thing. It's like a pleasurable physical experience that provides comfort and release, right? So, The point is this. So you got to really look at yourself before you judge somebody else. If you're going to call somebody a sex addict, make sure, first of all, that they're an actual sex addict, which means you look up what a sex addict is and you listen to me tell you that it's somebody who basically cannot live without it and does very problematic behaviors to get it and has been forcing, trying to guilt trip or force you into something that you do not want to do. Now, the average guy is not doing anything like that. And I have this in my post about marital coercion is not when your husband is upset that he doesn't have sex. Like, that's that's not a thing. You know, marital coercion is when he's like, come on, come on. You touch me now. It's hard now. We got to do it. Are you going to be a good wife? Are you going to, you know, like other other women would love this? You know, I mean, maybe I should just go on Tinder that guy is a douchebag, right? And probably some form of a sex addict. If he has to watch porn and jerk off every single day, he's a porn addict. You know, if he cannot go without it, even when he's like going to visit his parents, you know, he's still got to like bring it out and jerk off in his old childhood bedroom. Yeah, he's a porn addict. You know, it's like that he's got to do it. But then again, Do you have to have coffee even when you visit his parents? Probably twice as much, right? I mean, do you have to have it every single day of your life? So a lot of my point is understanding yourself and what you struggle with can make you so much of a better partner to your partner. So if you say, well, you know what? If I think about it, the things that release dopamine for me, texting on the group chat, that's pro-social. Well, I mean, sex is, is, as I said, perpetuates our species. It's about as natural a dopamine releaser as you could get. Even more natural than you group texting your friends, you know? So, which is, is also a big part of being a mammal. You know, watch these shows, people. Watch like Meerkat Manor and Chimp Empire. And it looks just like us because we are all mammals. And they have sex on Chimp Empire. They do. Um, but it, probably on Meerkat Manor too. I just don't <laughs> think they they film it. But the, the point is, um, you got to understand what you struggle with so that you don't come off like a, you know, judgmental asshole. And people could be judgmental assholes of either gender, obviously. And so a different conversation could be, or, or an epiphany could be, for him, sex must be like coffee, coffee, chocolate, yoga, uh, scrolling on Instagram, um, having the special food that I like in the house, uh, whatever. What the fuck ever it is, you know? Like for him, that's what sex is. That is a dopamine releasing activity that he wants to have basically as frequently as possible. Because if I think about it, you would continue in your head. If chocolate was calorie free, man, I would eat it all fucking day, wouldn't I? Yeah, I would, you know, and so that's what he would do. If like we had no jobs and he had no refractory period, he would just have sex all day, you know, and there I remember now if we did that sort of thing, or at least he really wanted to during the dating phase. And, you know, I never really thought about it as something that is just kind of a natural activity that releases dopamine similar to the ones that I like, like, my glass of wine every night or something like that. Incidentally, if you do have to have a glass of wine every single night, that's not wonderful. You know, and I've, I've written and, and talked about, you know, uh, when people use eating and drinking as a coping tool, and I have a podcast, I think that has that title, so you can go look for that. But anyway, I just got to say that. But the the point is this, if you cannot skip an activity without being an asshole or acting out horribly then yeah, you are at least psychologically addicted to that substance, if not physiologically. If your husband cannot go a day without having sex or jerking off to porn, without being a complete asshole and bringing everybody into his misery and storming around the house, fuck up, bring him into, I mean, you're not, but bring him into couples counseling, right? Because he's behaving abominably. However, if your husband goes many days And then, seems to get much more amorous and cuddly. And then, if you reject him, feels, gets a little bit, not really seen by the children or anything, but kind of sad and sulky for the rest of the night. And then, is kind of okay in the morning. And this has been going on for like, you know, five to ten years Well, shit. I mean, like, how would you do if you only got to have your coffee every three to four days? Wouldn't you be, like, a real bitch? I mean, I would be, right? So, like, if you wouldn't get to have your thing and somebody's obstructing you from getting your thing, the only person you're allowed to do your thing with and your thing is a dopamine releaser and a mood regulator, well, then, like, you're going to get real resentful. If your husband, like, fucking hid the coffee pot every day or the chocolate... Or the wine, or your access to spin class, or whatever, you would hate him, right? You would actually hate him, so um, you probably wouldn't stay married to him. So it's kind of the same here. Now, should now that some women will say, "Yeah, that's well and good, but my husband, you don't understand what it's like to have sex with him. It's like having sex with like you know uh, a robot. He's it's totally not about me. He is literally using sex as a substance only." So, so, so this would be the equivalent of like, if you were on vacation with your husband and you're in Italy and he's like, oh, why don't we go out to a cafe to get your coffee? You're like, fuck you. You're like chewing the instant coffee, uh, you know, granules out of the Ziploc bag that you packed from home because you need your caffeine infusion immediately and screw him and you cannot absorb your substance in any sort of pro-social way. You would be a lunatic, right? So then your husband is doing that same thing. So you, so in this case, you would be saying, all right, cool, let's bond and engage in your dopamine-releasing activity together, which can actually release some dopamine for me as well. Here I am, let's look, look at me, like, let's engage, let's have, like, a nice encounter with foreplay and touching and say we love each other and look at each other or whatever, and instead he's just, like, fucking, like, basically as though he has a real doll, you know? then you definitely need couples therapy and sex therapy, probably, but at least couples therapy so that you could talk about why you don't want to have sex with him. Because in that situation, you don't want to have sex with him because it's not a healthy situation. It's like if you were trying to regulate your mood with your evening walk, and instead of your evening walk being like 45 minutes and the kids could come, you had to do like a three-hour hike every night and you were leaving your husband alone. He'd be like, "Um, that's not a mood regulator. That is an escape that has nothing to do with the family and is very selfish. Well, same for your sex life then. If he is not trying, and this is rare, super rare for the guys that I see. Then again, every man I see in therapy is definitionally a man who comes into therapy. So he's more open-minded than average. But there's women listening to this that are like, my husband refuses to go to therapy and he fucks like a rabbit. And he doesn't make any eye contact. And if he doesn't do that every other day, he's a super huge asshole. And you know what? He did do some of those, you know, nasty guilt-tripping remarks. And even on that week that my mother died, he still wanted to have sex like three to four times well, you know what? This is not the average situation. You got to go back to my podcast about when your boyfriend is a jerk and what to do if you're attracted to jerks, my stuff on overfunctioning, my stuff on codependency, my stuff basically on when your husband is an asshole. Because in that situation, this sex addiction, whatever the hell it is, it's the least of your problems. It's coming in under the rubric of he is a tremendous asshole, probably had childhood trauma if he treats people like shit, and you are letting him do it. So you definitely need your own therapy with somebody, you know, with a not dissimilar style for myself, quite honestly, who can call it out, you know, and be like, you don't really, you shouldn't be in this. You don't deserve this. Get this man into couples counseling immediately. Why do you put up with this shit? I mean, or honestly, go to anybody. You could go to somebody who listens to you cry for a year before saying that, but that's a year of your time and your money out the window. But anyway, um, the the point being, most guys are not like that. And certainly no male that's listening to this is like that. So now guys are going to be like, oh, this is so awesome. Such a good analogy. You know what? Who You know who's going to really appreciate it? For the first time ever, despite never having previously appreciated any of Dr. Psych Mom's podcasts, my wife, man, I just can't wait to email her this one. Listen, don't be stupid. What's the definition of insanity, right? Don't email her my shit if she doesn't like it, right? Don't do that. Why would you do that? You were having a relatively good day up until now. So don't ruin it. Instead, instead, why don't you just use this? Fuck the analogy. She's not going to like the analogy, right? It calls her out. If you're a man listening to this, you're in a situation where your wife would not want to be called out in anything resembling something that could be considered an embarrassing way. Because emotionally avoidant women are tend to be the ones in sexless marriages. So consider this instead a clarion wake-up call to get her finally into couples counseling. Because maybe it could be a little motivating to you to say, yeah, you know what, that is fucking unfair because she does have coffee every morning, she does have wine every night, and in between she, quote, needs to relax in this way that involves not me, you know, ever romantically. And everything is kind of on her timeline, and I've just enabled... Same as the woman does in the inverse scenario, men too can be enablers. And I've just enabled basically an um, extremely imbalanced uh, dynamic to take hold and to be maintained over years in which her need for dopamine is more than mine. Her need for any sort of mood-regulating activity trumps mine. And her need for lack of connection trumps my need for for connection, which is truly the the summary statement of the whole thing. All right. Uh, so again, couples counseling can help people in these dynamics. I've seen it happen. Honestly, at the very least, hearing somebody say that things are not exactly how they think of it for anybody who's remotely in the realm of emotionally healthy is, uh, you know, really, really valid. Uh, info that they, even if at first they don't like it, they kind of take it because some people are like, really? You have people that sleep more with their husbands after they work with you? Yeah. Yeah, I do, because they just never really thought about it, like, however, before, like whatever the uh, explanation is, whether they never understood that love is like, that sex is like love for men, or is an expression of connection, if they didn't really understand that kind of things always really do go their way in the emotional relationship slash sexual relationship, and that does not really dovetail with their larger beliefs about equality and equity in the world, you know, there there are myriad ways that people can have epiphanies. You know, but this one can be an epiphany for the women that are listening. You know, like if if I need a dopamine-regulating substance, sometimes something prescribed literally for that purpose, or really for serotonin and all of them, you know, then why would I judge him for something that improves his general well-being and mood and just kind of his day so much? And, of course, I too should be obtaining the same sort of pleasure, dopamine, et cetera, from that sexual uh, encounter. And if I'm not, then I got to teach him how to be a better lover. In which case, refer back to my zillion podcasts on that, teaching him about female arousal, oral sex. Which podcast about oral sex is not just about oral sex. It includes that a lot of women don't like oral sex and what to do instead. Um, but anyway, uh, so so yeah. So your husband. The, the the best upshot of listening to this would be to say yeah you know what like i should actually think about having sex a little bit more if that's really how he thinks about it this wonderful thing that's a mood regulator as well as she said in a thousand previous podcasts a source of connection within the marriage itself so but i'm going to try to make it a mood regulator for me too by telling him how the importance of foreplay and the importance of massage and the importance of kissing and the importance of him brushing his teeth before the kissing and all the various things that would make this into an activity that maybe I look forward to, too, you know, so that at night we aren't just, you know, he has a beer, I have wine and we scroll on our phones, but maybe we could just go upstairs and have sex. Wouldn't that be so much more, you know, connecting and healthy? Yeah, it would. It really would. All right, guys, went a little bit over on this because it is such an important topic and I will talk to everybody soon. Please do subscribe to hear whatever my next episode is. Bye-bye.